Yeah, man. What's cracking, everybody? What's happening? The homie Rodrigo is back in full effect. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I'm saying yeah, man. I don't understand, man. It's better saying than hey, dude, you know? I don't even know, dude. Yeah, man. Anyhow, how you guys doing? Hope everybody's doing great. Having a great uh, week. Had a great week. Um, I was also... WKXYZ. KFWB. In effect, we have... That's a way I get out of fucking stuttering or a mumbling or fucking the fluttering of fucking sounds coming out of my fucking throat, people. Oh my god, he dropped the F-bomb again. <laughs> Getting crazy with you guys, man. Just trying to be me, bro, you know? Yeah, bro, just do you, bro. There you go, shout out to Chris Doran. There he goes, the man of many voices. Donde esta? Underneath the rock. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, sorry for that fumble. Thank God the Raiders didn't fumble this week, huh? Thank God for the, our Lord and Savior, Janikowski. That's right. You always do it, you know, with that little beautiful foot and that kick, you know? When that football goes in between those two goal posts, you know? So, yeah, shout out to the Raiders for winning. But nevertheless, back to you guys, the audience, uh, the people, the reason why we, I, do the Yeah Man podcast. Uh, for all you guys out there, fucking I hope you guys are doing great i hope you guys are shining also um it sucks just let me bring this up now for um fernandez dude fucking pitcher from fucking miami and shit um rest in peace dude fucking beautiful soul he's gone be rocking my maryland uh um uh my maryland uh my miami uh marlin's hat and shit out of respect and shit you know what i mean que vivan los latinos me entiende puro poder you know respect r.i.p man sorry about that shit man condolences to your family homeboy um, yeah, man, that fucking sucked. All right, so moving along. Sorry about that. Took you down to the path of sorrow and all those uh, days of remembrance. But hope you guys are doing good. You know, on another uh, sad note, not a sad note, like a bad note, uh, a good note is uh, Melissa Villasenor is uh, um, now a cast member of SNL, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, there you go, the definition of that acronym or what SNL stands for. And, um, yeah, dude's fucking totally fucking uh, proud and happy for her and glad she fucking is finally on there. She's been fucking uh, in the mix for a while, you know, auditioning and whatnot and um, getting looked at. But finally, you know what I mean? A real Mexicana on there, you know what I mean? Right there from Whittier, California. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Um, so, yeah, man, respect to her. And disrespect to BuzzFeed and uh, those people that were trying to attack her for her um, alleged uh, racist tweets. I mean, if you want to see racist tweets, just read fucking the GOP candidates' fucking Twitter page. You'll see some racist tweets. I mean, dude, fucking, what's his name says a bunch of shit about fucking Mexican and it's cool, and all of a sudden this, um, which is the sweetest chick next to my girlfriend that I've ever met in my life, the um, sweetest girl ever, um, and then, you know, she gets tackled or try to get, you know, trolled because something from um, six years ago. It's like, give me a break, dude. And then, like, you know, she's all, like, trying to um, trying to uh, delete tweets now and this and that. It's like, give me a break, man. Shit, who gives a fuck? So fuck them. And uh, mad shout-outs and respect to Melissa Villasenor for uh, making it happen. You know what I'm saying? Representing out there in the Big Apple. So uh, you guys can see her shine. And, um, you know, fucking, um, I don't know if you don't follow her, if you already follow her. But if you don't, give her a little follow and shit. 
You know what I mean? All it takes is a, tu- a touch of a button, you know? All you got to do is just put your finger, you know? Just go, you know, I don't know, yeah, man style, whatever, you know? You put the little fingerprint on the glass screen, whether you have an Android or an iPhone, you know? That's that easy. Show a little bit of support, you know what I'm saying? Proud to be Latino, you know what I'm saying? Mexican, American, whatever the fuck it is you want to say. And shout out to Boston. We were just in Boston with Felipe Esparza. That's right. It was cool. We were in Providence, uh, Rhode Island this past Thursday, which was bitching. You know, a lot of Latinos came out too, fucking, and a lot of uh, regular residents, you know, that are uh, uh, part of the uh, of the Providence uh, region, right? And uh, we were there with Chris Storm. Yeah, bro, fucking, bro, we're doing it, bro, with the big bro, bro. And uh, that's fucking totally cool. Then the next day, we were at the Wilbur Theater. The Wilbur! <laughs> and it was it was cool, man, because uh, I went to Boston. And I was like, the big cities like um, New York and shit, and, you know, they have teams. I like the Mets, you know, opposed to the fucking Yankees. I know they're the Dodgers rivals. I love the Dodgers. I love the Dodgers because they were the first team to integrate baseball with the great Jackie Robinson, right? And also, my favorite player of all time from the Dodgers is Sandy Koufax, by the way. I know, like, oh, dude, you're Mexican. Why don't you have a Valenzuela t-shirt or something, bro? Because eh, everybody, uh, every other Mexican has a Valenzuela t-shirt or jersey. I like uh, I like the old Jew, Sandy Koufax, you know? You know, he's a beautiful player, you know, played the game beautifully. And uh, when there was, like, a Jewish holiday, you would take it off, right? Just observant of the whole thing. And to me... That's beautiful, right? Right in the Deichman boys, right? Brooklyn, where the Dodgers was born and on to Los Angeles. And Chavez Ravine, where they kicked all the Mexicans out to build the stadium. Give it up for Walter O'Malley and them. But yeah, that's my favorite Dodger, Sandy Koufax. So yeah, man, fucking um. So I go and I buy uh, the fitted. Uh, I got me a New York Mets hat from New York, which is a representative with the patch on the side for the 1988 World Series that they won. And, um... Or is it 86? I don't know, you know? I'm a little mixed up right now with my dates. Fact checked. Where are you? Here on. Let me talk to the producer. Uh, I don't have one. Anyways, that's me. No. <laughs> so I just got a, uh, I got a Boston hat, too, because in support of a Latino brothers, Big Poppy, you know what I'm saying? David Ortiz. It's his last year in, in Boston. Um, they have a little uh, commemorative hat, so I got that one, so just cool. You know, I love baseball, dude, and I love fitteds, so for anybody that wants to, you know, talk shit or this and that, suck my dick. How about that? You know what I'm saying? Pull the fucking skin back, suck it. You know what I'm saying? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a hall pass for that one. Psych! <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> But uh, baseball's cool, and it's too, like, everybody wants to get all political with teams and shit, like the Raiders and all that. And it's like, I love the Raiders, I love them, and my favorite uh, player is Bo Jackson. But one of the main reasons I love the Raiders is because of their colors, silver and black, bro. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, if the, the Raiders had Miami Dolphin colors, ah, I probably wouldn't be a Raider fan. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, so let's put that in a, in a, in a basket of, uh, of uh, things to know about me, you know? So everything's cool. So yeah, and we were at the Wilbur Theater going back to Boston. Yeah, we're over there playing cards. And I didn't get a chance to get a Guinness, but I did get a, a McMurphy's. Is that what they call it? It's like another Irish stout. I got that last night when I was uh, with my uh, girlfriend having dinner and stuff. So it was cool. Eh, it tasted all right. I would prefer a Guinness, but, you know, it satisfied my not having a Guinness at um, in Boston while I was in Boston. So it was one of those quick-ass trips, dude. Fucking went in there went and, you know, got in there, did the shows. And uh, got out, dude. So it was cool, man. Shout out to everybody that went out there too, um, to the shows. Mad respect. 
And uh, that uh, leads to this real quick. Uh, let me give you a um, – um, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to put up the page. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, leads us to um, the dates that we have. We have dates. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. And always, Monday nights, as far as now, um, uh, I'll be at the Sunset Room in uh, Hacienda Heights. And that's a Sunset Room in Hacienda Heights off of Hacienda Boulevard. And every Monday night, and right now, since football's going on, after Monday night football, we'll be doing the comedy. So don't expect much, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a formal setting or anything. It's me hosting in the beginning and then bringing up a couple comics, maybe three at the most four. Quick little hour and a half show, and then we're off to go back home and start it all over again. So yeah, come out to the Sunset Room, and that's uh, right there in Hacienda Heights, man. If you guys got any uh, questions, hit me up through DM on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or uh, even Snapchat, homeboy. And uh, that's every Monday night. And also, uh, we have uh, shows coming up, and that's going to be in on Ontario Improv. I'll be hosting for Felipe Esparza, and that's October 7th through the 9th. And that's in um, Ontario, California. If you guys want to go uh, get tickets, you can go to Felipe's website, and it'll send you the, set up the link, and that's www.felipesworld.com. Or you can go to uh, improv.com and select uh, Ontario, and uh, that'll take you to uh, get tickets for that. So that's October 7th through the 9th. And also, October 14th through the 15th is uh, the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia, in the District of Columbia uh, area, right there by Maryland. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll be there hosting. And um, yeah, man, that's in uh, uh, Arlington, Virginia, Arlington Draft House, and that's with Felipe Esparza, and that's uh, October 14th. And I'm going to be getting some uh, dates ready uh, for flappers that I'll be doing myself and maybe Ontario Improv after. And uh, I'll keep you posted on that. And I'll be uh, hitting up social media when that get those uh, dates solidified. So anyhow, um, so that leads us to the shout outs. That's right. Shout out to the All Things Comedy uh, Network. Shout outs to uh, Freddie Correa out there in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. And his Thanks for the Invite podcast. Shout out to Edwin San Juan, where I will be in um, at the end of November. In early December, I'll be out there at uh, the V Theater in uh, Planet Hollywood in Vegas with uh, the great Edwin San Juan. And also, shout out to Beto Duran, uh, or Duran, Duran, Beto, Beto Duran. And uh, he's a uh, host of the uh, Living the Dream uh, podcast. Very cool dude. Uh, really cool motherfucker. And uh, shout out to that dude. Also, uh, shout out to the IG family. All right. This goes uh, at Oakland Sun 73. Thank you very much for listening, brother. And at uh, The Great Dread. Thank you very much for all those comments and all that shit. Thank you very much, dog. Keep shining. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to at uh, JD Murillo, uh, at Viv Woman. <laughs> she just reminded me it's a lady that won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Not just and her story goes on and on and over and over and over again. Shout out to Pablo for that voice. Yeah, hey, that's mine. I know it's yours. That's why I gave you credito. All right, honest. All right, uh, so shout out to Viv Woman. <laughs> I believe she's out in Tucson, so hey, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Got a shout out. And a shout out at Tony Reese, uh, 0314. I remember there was a dude named uh, Tony, uh, not his last name was Reese, but he was all, yeah, it's my last name is Ruiz. I was like, what the fuck? I'm not one of those like political Mexicans that wanted you to invoke your name or pronounce it the supposedly correct way. Um, but it caught me off guard. And I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Your name is Reese, dude. <laughs> so shout out to Tony, man. And a uh, shout out to uh, Jose, H-O-E-S-A-Y underscore 619 shout out to you and um shout out to Derek's dog and that's uh mr sliffler 
And uh, on the Twitter, Familia, we got at Grandpa Nicotine and uh, Lorenzo Garcia. Also, Umberto Granados. Thank you for that comment, boot. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I was like, fucking, I don't even know what that was, bro. <laughs> I wanted to say another word, but I said that instead, so I fucked myself up. But anyway, shout out to you. Thank you very much for talking shit. Fucking upload a, yeah, man, podcast. You've been slipping on them. Upload it when you're eating that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker, you. And shout out to Julian Torres. Uh, that's my primo, bro. And uh, his uh, screen name on Twitter is at IBDodgersFan1. And shout out to him because he was at the LA Podcast Festival this past weekend, which uh, the What's Up Fool podcast didn't get invited to. Neither did the Yeah Man podcast or the Enchilada Casserole podcast or the Church of What's Happening Now, Cocksnockers. And um, none of those got... um. We didn't get uh we didn't get invited so you know what's the LA podcast festival uh, without LA's best podcast you know what I'm saying <laughs> so shout out to Julian Torres because he was wearing uh the funny Felipe shirt the uh, the one with the uh, the Loteria logo on it so uh, shout out to you he uh, uh, tagged us on Twitter saying yeah man fucking I'm unofficially representing you guys out here so fucking a thank you very much dog for representing the WUF. <laughs> Dude, uh, what's up? What's up, man? Huh. What's up, full podcast, bro? <laughs> uh, and uh, shout out to the LA Podcast Fest, too, for having that on. You know what I mean? Shit. With or without you. They got all you two <laughs> on us, huh? <laughs> also, shout out to uh, at uh, Os underscore uh, Warrior. Os, A-U-S. Our warrior out there in Australia with the little koala on your little abbey. And uh, shout out to Big Frog out there in San Diego. Uh, oh shit! Um, who was uh six one nine? Oh, that's uh that's uh, the dude from uh, IG. Say what's up to him, man, Jose. Yeah, big frog. Say what's up. High five. And also a uh, shout out to the East Coast, our home girl right there, Cigar Chick. Thank you very much for always liking on uh, Twitter and following and listening. Hell yeah! And shout out to Pastor Tune, aka Mister A O L. Like you motherfucking dwell. <laughs> Over here trying to rhyme and shit. Motherfucker, be standing like Ice Cube. Man, give it up for them tall motherfucking tears. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's your lady, Torbacula, huh? <laughs> it's funny how huh, when somebody goes, hey, this is my old lady, and they're really old. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I'm this old lady. <coughs> but I'm being, you know? So, yeah, man, uh, shout out, shout out to the shout outs. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, to now time for our sponsors. Yeah, our sponsors, bro. Uh, La Cucaracha Pest Control, like always, right? They're available on Yelp, right? If you got a roach, they'll take care of it for you. If you got a rat, they'll take care of it for you. If you got a raccoon inside your attic making noise when you're trying to pipe, they'll take care of it for you, right? They're located in the Los Angeles area, and... um. Their phone number is area code 323-221-7666. Talk to Irma. She'll set up an appointment. Talk to Armando. He'll answer any questions. Um, and, yeah, La Cucaracha Pest Control, based out of Los Angeles, and uh, they are ready for you. So when you got want to get rid, get the kid. Get the Cucaracha kid. Yeah, that's right, Rod. Thank you very much for the shout-outs, eh? <laughs> Thank you very much for the advertising money. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, <laughs> I'm on, on the fucking Dice Man kick right now. <laughs> I love the Dice Man. One of my favorite comedians ever right bada bing always does a bunch of weird shit i used to see him at the comedy store back in the day back in the day like you know like 2001 and shit 2002 and he'd just be so funny just like fucking just saying a geesh all the time right you ever been to a geesh thon what's that <laughs> a geesh thon right we're just piping for hours right you pipe till you fucking pipe the foreskin off your dick right I remember one time he was on stage and fucking um, uh, somebody said, not funny. 
And right away, after he was doing that shit, right away, he's like, whoop. He's all, shut up, fag. <laughs> like, right away. So it was cool. And then he went on a whole, he's all, I don't understand this. You got these fags walking up and down Sunset Boulevard, right? Talking about AIDS. You got lesions on your neck and your face. I'm raising he- kids here for Pete's sake. <laughs> it fucking totally killed me, right? When Not funny. He's all, shut up, fag. <laughs> oh, you can't say the word fag no more. Everybody's in a PC culture. Do not say the word fags, even though we drop drones on unidentified people. Don't say fag. Don't say it. Of course not, I won't say fag, but I will say fag when I want to smoke and I'm in England, right? Can I get a fag, please? What are you doing, mate? I'm smoking a fag. <laughs> all right. Screwed away on a tangent. I don't know, man. I'm so energetic right now. It's all the caffeine, baby boy. And, uh, yeah, so we got La Cucaracha out of the way. And another sponsor. <laughs> yeah, do another sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Even Tony Soprano likes to hear the sponsor, the word from the sponsors. Go ahead and do another sponsor, Rodrigo. You're all right. I like it. You're in a good, uh, it seems like you're in a good position in your life. You're happy. You're messing around on a microphone in a room all by yourself. You know, it's a normal, but it's normal. Whatever. Keep on going with the, uh, with the sponsors and all. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> 101 Printers, located in Los Angeles. Um, you can contact Jimmy, and they're located at 4959 Hollywood Boulevard, L.A., California, 90027. And contact Jimmy at the101printers.com. And uh, they offer all types of printing services from black and white copies, color copies, stickers, posters, postcard-sized flyers, banners, and mounted posters and screen printing uh, services from t-shirts hoodies and girl t-shirts and um yeah you can get everything through you can pay through paypal and the contact is jimmy at the 101 printers.com and that's jimmy at the 101 printers.com the spelled t-h-e 101 101 printers p-r-i-n-t-e-r-s.com and that's jimmy at the 101 printers.com and they'll take care of you guys and that's our sponsors and anything i want to uh cover now yes oh yeah word on the street what do we got oh yeah dude fucking like last week i guess fucking a former uh, nba player phoenix sun uh turned a uh, sacramento mayor uh, Kevin Johnson was uh, pied. Some dude came behind him and uh, pied him in the face, and he turned around and beat this fool's ass. Hell yeah, man. Fucking, uh, then they arrested the dude. He got stitches and everything, went to the hospital, and they arrested him on suspicion of assault of a public as- official. <laughs> and the homie got the stitches, man. And respect to the mayor, man. Fucking Kevin uh, Johnson, man. Fucking fuck motherfuckers that try to do that shit to you and shit. Trying to fucking fuck with your shine. And one of his biggest political credits, or I guess a uh, signature of achievements, is that he got a um, a $500 million arena built for the Sacramento Kings. So, yeah, man. Keep shining, uh, Mayor. <laughs> he gave that motherfucker nothing but rights. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, man. Um, other than that, that's it, man. Fucking, uh, yeah, the Raiders won. Fucking Dodgers clench. So we're we're good. We're looking uh, we're looking good. Oh yeah, shout out to I am Victor too. Always fucking uh, sending messages and Chinguin and Hobbs Chaser. And that's all I can remember from right now off the motherfucking dome. So who we have in store for you? This gentleman that's coming on the podcast right now. This guest is uh, his name is Tommy Easter. He's a stand up comedian. Been doing it for uh, a little bit now. And I first met him out there in uh, Las Vegas when I did a show with Edwin San Juan. And he was a cool dude. Like right away, I'll fuck around, <laughs> smoking bud, and you know, just being real cool. And uh, I always remembered him because uh, 
He's one of those dudes, because this is my take, you know, you people, they've been locked up or whatever, you know, they've been through the prison system, you know, he's like, fuck that, stay away from that dude. But um, one time in college, there was a dude that got locked up that actually ended up going to school with me in junior college. He was a real good dude. I haven't run into him again, but he's real cool. His name is Ruben Salazar. If you guys ever uh, run into him, he's an older dude. Uh, let him know that I talked about him, dude. I don't have any way to get in contact. But anyways, he's a couple dude that taught me a couple pointers on life. Because I used to be one of those neoconservative dudes, like, oh, fuck that. I'll never hang out with anybody that's been to jail. I'll never do drugs. Shit like, you know what I mean? Shit like that. And you kind of like, yeah, fuck that. But then another dude that fucking brightened me up on shit like that was uh, Joe Diaz. Because he's one of those dudes that uh been locked up for uh, heavy shit. But you actually look at the human aspect of it and you go, you know what, dude? Fucking not everybody's a fucking dirtbag that's been to jail or been to prison. So Tommy Easter is one of those cool dudes and one of those cool white dudes. One of those dudes that uh, he's from the South. He's from Georgia. And um, he's just one of those like kind of like um, he's he's like I don't want to. And it's, it sucks. It's like saying the word wetback. I don't even like that word. I don't like the word beaner. But it's like, you know, one of those white trash dudes, because I used to hang out with white trash dudes that were super cool. that didn't have much. that would take me to their house was, as a little kid. My homeboy, Johnny, that lived up the street on Jones and just fucking a bunch of rug rat dudes. My homie, Dave, they used to fucking um, live on a uh, wall setter, which lived next to Reza Arafar, who was Iranian, by the way. But he just passed away a couple uh, a couple months ago. So R.I.P. Reza Arafar. I went to high school with that dude. But a bunch of cool ass white people that's why i don't like i'm not one of those comments that fucking white people bro white people white it's like to me it's like whatever dude it's like i don't see that shit and i'm not i'm saying it because i'm colorblind or i don't want to fucking uh make people feel uncomfortable i just don't roll like that because i really grew up in a diversified community and people say what the fuck they want i mean unless you want to sit down and have a real conversation how the fuck i grew up then you can fucking start judging me even then i'll tell you to go suck my dick so it's like when i say it's like i don't even debate or argue with people because there's no point in it if you want to debate and argue, fucking sue me or I'll sue you and then fucking we'll do it in court and we'll fucking do it through that fucking means. And when I fucking prevail, you can fucking sit there and see how the fucking system worked you. Oh, beautifully spoken, right? So you don't waste your time on these fucking nitwits and trolls is what you're saying, right? Rodrigo, is that how you say it? Yeah, Dice, that's how I say it. That's how you say it. That's how everybody should say it. <laughs> Look at me. I'm having a conversation with the fucking Dice, man. <laughs> So, back to Tommy Easter, and Tommy Easter's one of those dudes, and he got busted, dude, for some weed charges back in the day, and he got seven years, you know, I'm going with probation and you know, paroles and all that shit, you know, made it longer, but he's one of those solid motherfuckers, and one of those dudes, like Joe Diaz told me when he came out here, because he's one of those dudes that Joe Diaz inspired him to do a uh, comedy, and he emailed him and shit, and you know, they kind of went through the same thing of being locked up and all that. And um and I told uh, Joey once uh Tommy Easter made it out to L.A. I'm like, dude, I fucking talked to Tommy Easter. I met him over there with uh, Edwin Show. He's like, oh yeah, bro. Tommy Easter's one of those fucking guys, one of those good white dudes. You give him fourteen dollars and a knife, and he'll stab a motherfucker for you. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mr. Tommy Easter. Yeah, man. What up, Tommy Easter? We finally, we finally came down to the van of life. You know what I mean? Live right here, and direct. In the, hell yeah, in the heart of Hollywood and shit. Right <laughs> here, sitting here with fucking uh, ATL's finest. Thank the, you, sir. Hell yeah. What's the uh, acronym for ATL? Atlanta. Atlanta. Right. <laughs> How you doing, dog? I'm good, man. It's great to see you. Yeah, just uh. Oh, yeah. back, yeah. Oh, hey, don't even see. worry about it. I was going to fucking just say, oh, yeah, just put it up to your <laughs> mouth. It's cool. It's a microphone. It don't bite, huh? Right. Unless you got motherfuckers with microphones in the mouth and shit, unless you can be all, oh, I'm used to this. What are you, a fucking dildo tester? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Tommy Easter don't be testing dildos. You know at what I'm all, saying? son. 
What up, brother? So fucking, um, I met you, dude, fucking like, what, what are you talking about? More than a year ago, like a year and a half ago, right? When you were yeah. in Vegas and you showed up with that homeboy Scratch over there at Edwin's show. Oh, yeah. At the, um. Las Vegas yeah, Live. Yeah, V Theater and shit. And you're over there fucking around, joking around, and fucking, you know, nudging me on the fucking uh, elbow and shit. I was like, this fool right here, dog. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to make it out to L.A. Right. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, fucking follow your dreams, playboy. Hell yeah. I always had a plan, and uh, because uh, a man without a plan is not a man. There's no man at all that Tommy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right? So, uh, yeah, it was... Um, but I credit Vegas for a lot of my growth. I, I, I was Is that where you cut your teeth I, or you started yeah. in the ATL? No, I started in Vegas. Okay. And like I tell, I was just talking about it the other day about how um, they have so much incentive out there as a young comic because uh, every other mic is worth fucking money or a spot at one of the casinos. Okay. So as a young comic, you're always trying to like, you know, I, I remember when I first started, the big show was E Strings. It was every Sunday. And I knew for a fact we were going to get like, you know, three minutes five if he was on fire and shit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um and it was worth 50 bucks oh like, to win know, that ain't a big and deal but shit that's every a big sunday deal to 50 a bucks you can eat well, man yeah, that's 10 bucks a day that's five days just starting hello oh, fuck yeah dude. so it was like every everybody knew it was worth 50 so we all brought our a game and so in a way it just forced all of us comics to compete and at win. all levels yeah because some of the uh the better comics would come through, you know, at the time, like Bobby Wayne and fucking uh, Joe Calise would come and just and just wreck the place and get the 50. You know, John Hilder would come in, and you could just see the professionalism in them guys, you know, the years they had on right. us, right? And so it just made, it just, it, it, it put a fire in me to go out every single night and get on stage so I would look like them when I was on stage. Try to get better you see what and I'm shit. Try to get yeah. up there and shine. Yeah. That's not that one spot in Vegas where that one, uh, that audience member or the comedian, open mic comedian, drop kicked that audience member. Nah, that was a place called The Beat. It was like an every other <laughs> Thursday mic. It was later, way later in Vegas comedy. Like, East Strings was one of the first ones that started getting the, um, getting that comedy scene back exciting again. You know, we, I mean, I remember a lot of people showing up there. Uh, I remember that room being packed where we had to stand in the back. You Damn. Know? So and, it was uh, fucking always full. Yeah. Little Devin Sheffield, he was the host. He, he always hosted it. No matter how drunk he got, that little fucker would stumble on stage and stumble through and mumble through some shit. And uh, but but the nights he wasn't drunk, he was a he was a funny, good host. He was you know he was, you could tell like the, um, you could even tell the years Devin had. You know what I'm saying? As Under a his comic. belt and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you can he, just tell when somebody goes on stage the way they grab the mic, exactly. whether they're not being afraid of being on stage. They don't care about the silence. They're just going and yep. making their fucking. And he jokes was actually the dude. Like, when I tried to start comedy, I remember it, the year I tried to start. Easter fell on 420, and I was like, "That's the fucking sign right there." <laughs> right. <laughs> if anybody Tommy knows me, Easter, Easter 420, hello, right? the smoke. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. You know. That was before yeah. the van of life too, right? Oh, way before any of that. Any, you know, so like. <laughs> It was like finally um, my decision to fucking do comedy, and then I found out Easter was on 420, and I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go to this open mic, you know, and try it. Well, when I got the E-strings, it was it was um, packed that night, you know what I'm saying? Because it was 420. Banging and, shit. And uh, Devin was just like, man, I don't have a spot for you. Go to Hard Hat Lounge the next, uh, you know, tomorrow night. And that so that was actually the first stage I did. First started on 421. Whatever, 2014, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we, we, what you been at over two years now? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! And what brought you out to fucking Vegas? Uh, what initially brought me out to Vegas was I used to lay tile for the uh, restaurant Chili's. Okay, the chain. Yep, and uh, I fucking you know born and raised in Georgia for 30 years, and um, been doing that Chili's shit for the last um, 
at the time I was 30, so I'd been doing it around 10, 11 years. Almost. Really? You know, yeah, I started when I was like 17, 18. Professional know? tile dude. Just, uh, yeah, well, my buddy's uh, dad, he's always had that Chili's account. Oh, really? Yep. And, so uh, all over the nation. Day one, yeah, from Florida to New York, bro, I've been in every fucking state, almost every little nook and cranny of all them states. Really? So we were Building Chili's floors. Yep. So me and the, his son were just sick of the East Coast. So Murray, he fucking... Yo, fucking Tommy. Yeah, yeah. He moves <laughs> out to Vegas and um, starts doing... Because Vegas, if you look on the map, Vegas is kind of a central hub of the West Coast. You got Cali, Yeah, what do they call it? The Tri-City area? You, yeah, you got Cali to the left. You got... Um, and then you got all them other states up... Utah. Up Utah. Colorado. Denver, boom, boom, Arizona. Boom. You got Arizona. You got New Mexico. It's like a little hub you of get the Texas. distribution yeah, just, hub and shit. Like, yeah, it was get in up the middle of the West Coast almost. Oh, right? fuck yeah. And then there was like seven or eight chilies in Vegas. And then you can go out to Reno. There's seven chilies. You know, damn, really? Fucking chilies everywhere, bro. Uh, yeah, there, there's chilies everywhere. But I didn't know they were that fucking deep all over the and, nation. And so um, we just had a falling out after all them years. You know, <laughs> shit happens. Business, friends and business don't mix. Yeah. And uh, and for shitty friends in business or well, bad yeah, business yeah. and fucking shitty friends. Well, just certain businesses. Exactly. And friends, right? Like, well, motherfuckers trying to stripe and, you and with comedy, money. We need each other. You know what I'm saying? And more comics need to know that. You know, and and, and look at it like that. But oh yeah. But like in this fucking particular. business, Business. Try to undercut just, you with money and it's shit. It's just friends of business because they, you know, like um, everybody else that would be working, they would get paid. But dog, I'll pay you the rest next week, bro. You know, like that's, yeah. Oh, I'm your boy. You know, I, he would be talking to me as his boy and not an employee anymore. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's Using so the easy friendship to talk fa- to each other factor like that. to get you out of fucking giving you the monetary value of your worth. Yeah. And the end, fucking psyching your ass out so just to jack you. Built up. His mother was the fucking secretary. She believed what he said over anybody. She could, you know, it was just, a, it was a nightmare, bro. Fucking and, hassle and, and, up and, the ass. And then so uh, I decided, you know. This chick, I was, I, I finally was fucking the neighbor in Vegas, you know, one of them. <laughs> I, like, she moved in a year ago, and we always watched her and had fantasies about her. Me and, <laughs> me and all her roommates, you know, she had big fake titties. She was Greek, you know, she was beautiful. Damn. Yeah, dude. And How I you just, fucking I slip in that motherfucker? I just, you know, years of her seeing me and, like, just helping her with certain shit. You know, I always really? told her, if you ever need anything, ma'am. If you, you ever know, need a floor? that young southern charm on her. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> little Georgia peach over here. Right. And next thing you know, bang, bang, bang. Hello. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. And then fucking uh, but she she had like snooty <laughs> friends and shit. And she was like, um, you should be a comedian. And I was this like, fool said snooty. Yeah. I was like, you're crazy, <laughs> you know. And she goes, the only reason my friends like you so much because I told them you was a comedian, you know. And she broke it down to me one night about how she told them they I was a comedian and uh, because I just say anything. She was like, Thomas, you just say anything. You don't think about what you say. Blah blah blah. I had to tell them that, and now they think it's hilarious. And I was like, oh. And then we had a bad breakup. Damn. At this time, though, I was already listening to Uncle Joey. On uh, the church podcast no, or the Beauty started, and the Beast? I started out listening to Doug Benson. Okay. Um, getting high with Doug or getting? No, Doug Loves Movies. Oh, the original That's one. That's a good fucking, yeah, that was a good podcast. He's funny on there. He's quick, you know. And then um, he started talking about how he was going to do that internet show about smoking reefer. Right. Getting Doug hot. So I started watching that. And then I see this pure savage come on one day, right? He was like, I got my own weed, cocksucker. He breaks out his own weed. Fuck your weed. He takes a bong and just, like, completely cleared it and fucking was, like, blowing it at the camera. Ah! And shit, you know? <laughs> just being Uncle Joey, man. Hell and yeah, Mr. Like, personality, dog. What the fuck is this? Is this the dude from Spider-Man 2? Like, or is it... Big you remember person? him from yeah. uh, from uh, Spider-Man 2, that little yeah, scene in the yeah, subway? Yeah, I That show was tight. And, and Longest Yard, too. Yeah, I you gotta go through shit. me first. You yeah, gotta, you gotta go, through go through me. me first. I always remember that, because I... we. Me and my buddies had a big argument about that being big pussy. 
Oh, they thought it was the actor dude that played Big Pussy on The Sopranos. Yeah, oh, you did. Of us did. And they're like, no, no it's no, not a him. A couple of us was like, that ain't him, and we got in a big argument. Yeah, because before Google. Yeah, because Coco could get, we always used to get shit. confused and be called a Big Pussy from The Sopranos, and then when they did a parody of it on uh, Matt TV, he played Big Pussy from The Sopranos I on see, there. I still so. haven't seen that. I gotta see. Yeah, that. you gotta That's just YouTube that shit. Awesome. Oh, it's fucking yeah, gold, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you seen him on fucking Doug Benson's uh, Doug Loves Movies, and then he plugged the church, and so I looked it up. <laughs> and I started listening because I thought there was no way I could be a comedian as a felon. Right. Hello? You know? Yeah, because the whole thing is you think it's, you know, you know, you see people like Seinfeld in suits and shit, and you think it's a profession. I thought I had to show up out here with a suit and a suitcase. <laughs> I thought I had to go into a room and, 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 and there was going to be like Seinfeld and people like that in yeah, there. Yeah, the Friars Club and shit, Alan King. 30 minute or hour fucking special, right? And be like, I, I thought they were going to give me a list and be like, Maybe not, sh- maybe not HBO and Showtime, but we'll definitely give you like a Comedy Central special or something. <laughs> this will say Comedy Central. That? You know, like Spike I thought TV, it was just CW. that quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh damn, you were like that, dude. I didn't. I I was a um, a fucking dope dealer and a fucking uh, uh, athlete and a, just a, a straight up teenager, bro. You know, like I had a group of friends. We all grew up in the same area. We didn't like. What part of uh, Georgia did you we, grow up we at? We were. We we grew up. Uh, I grew up. I started out growing up in Gwinnett, and then I moved up to Hall County, where Cat Williams been getting in all that. Oh, really? Right now, just recently. This trailer park up there called Countryside Village. How far is uh, Hall County from uh, the ATL from Atlanta? Hall County's far. Oh, okay. So you yeah, weren't that super close to the ATL. It's about forty minutes. Oh, okay. Gwinnett, it's not that far. Gwinnett County is um, like fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. Know? Hell yeah, dude. And, uh, but yeah, I didn't fuck around in the city that much, Atlanta. It was mostly Atlanta. on the outskirts where just, you were from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when did uh, you start getting into trouble and shit, dude? Selling weed. As a young kid or fucking? Yeah, I got busted at seventeen. Oh, okay. So you were in super. You're in high school age. Yeah, yeah. You started fucking with it like intermediate school, seventh and eighth grade, or what? Yeah, I remember even in fucking um, when I was in Gwinnett, um, there was a middle school called Summer Hour Middle School. Me and my buddy Nathan. I won't. I won't drop the last name. <laughs> Just uh, call him Nate. <laughs> me and Big Nate. Uh, we we got both got caught selling joints. Damn, you guys were already, all already, like, bro. You guys were and ready to go. Eighth Boom. grade kids, they were already buying them. How much shit. were you selling? Because I used to buy joints for five, five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Bang, bang, bang. It was like a little, you know, less dude, than a nickel we shot in there. Dice in the fucking bathroom. That dude. Like I tell people, <laughs> man, people underestimate Georgia so bad on racial shit because this little chick from my high school shared a picture to my Facebook. The other day, and it's from like 1988, 1989. It's from a place called Rock Eagle where we would go on like a um, field trip thing, but it was a camp. Okay. That picture has just as many Mexican and black kids as white kids in it. It's all in mixed. 1989. Fuck yeah, yeah. see the thing and is, that's, that's uh, that was Georgia. That was my whole life. That's right. why I get so angry when people bring the up the perception that shit. thing. It's just black and white and shit. Oh, it gets on my. It's like, well, then you obviously don't know Georgia because we grew up with each other our whole lives. Yeah. The reason we're we're comfortable around black people. You know? Oh, totally. And then they don't know how many Mexicans are in Georgia. Dude, there's oh, so yeah, there's many a fucking grip amigos of Me- out there, bro. It's, a, yeah. A, that's funny you call them amigos out there. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, they're fucking cool, man. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And it's uh, people don't see that because they don't travel. I mean, I've been on the road since I was 15, dude. And then I uh, started going nationally when I was 18 um, after high school uh, with the band called Voodoo Glow Schools. And you can see every town. You can see not every big city is a big city, dude. Yeah. And not only is Atlanta, the city itself, a hub for just what? the rest of georgia is you know it's majority black and whatnot but on the outskirts and all that shit like you said in a little trailer park everybody exists there dude yeah. you know what i mean yeah we're all mingled it's it's it's, it's people need to start seeing it more as like uh it's georgia was proof it's a it's a it's a class thing like we oh yeah all definitely. The same money bracket See, that's, that's why a, we all lived in that trailer park yeah, that's a you thing that a lot of people uh, you know that's superior to race is class 
Oh, man. In the end, that's what, you know, yeah. rocks your boat, whether you're going to eat at yeah. Chick-fil-A or, you know, you know, get the little McRib uh, deal or whatever the fuck. Right. Or, you know, Little Caesars v- versus Straw Hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hello. I, any, anytime a comedian comes from across town with Little Caesars, we, we drop five on them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so you started fucking slinging and, like, and did you, like, slink for somebody or, you know, yeah, family man. members and yeah. shit or what? Yeah, I, I, you know, I started, you know, of course I had a love for weed and I didn't have money Since to the pay beginning? for it. And I didn't have money to pay for it. Since the beginning, you've always had love for weed? When did you yeah. sh- first start, did you smell it first or did somebody no, expose no, you with a w- joint actually, or something? Actually, when I was a kid, I hated it. I was one of them, like, I used to tell my dad, he'll tell you the story, I used to tell my dad, when I get older, I'm going to be a, a cop, and I'm going to come in and fucking burn all your weed, and I'm going to destroy <laughs> all the weed plants on the world. So your pops puffed? Yeah, my dad's always smoked. Oh, okay. I, I, we would smell it coming from his den. He had, like, a room called the den. Okay, you know? and that's where we would puff? And he and has a twin brother. So him and his twin brother and um, their sister, my Aunt Georgia, they would be in there fucking throwing down, son. 80 style. I mean, I was I was born in 1980. So. Okay, so then th- you know you're being exposed to it. So what would your dad call it? Pot or yeah, weed or what? Yeah, pot. Grass. Yeah, pot. Because it's not that much of a big deal when you're like you know when you grow up with it, you smell it. You're like, all right, it's like whatever. It's just like your folks drinking and shit. It's those people that you know finally you know somebody whips out a joint and they never seen one in life and they light it up. They're all. <gasps> I'm gonna call the DEA. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wasn't like that. I remember um, one of my. Friends was the first to find my dad's weed after, oh, right. the, after the Big Nate shit because when I tried to smoke it with Big Nate, um, we were hit, we were hitting it like, and we were blow, we were like sucking in so much air that it stripped my throat that day, and so I didn't smoke again until like um, probably a year and a half, two years later. Because you buddy, didn't know how to smoke. Yeah, it sucked to me that first time, and then like I didn't get high and it hurt my throat. You know what I'm saying? And then um, my buddy Josh found my dad's weed in the trailer park. <laughs> He was in there fucking around and in his room. Like, Josh knew. I guess Josh smelt it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't. Know. <laughs> was like a drug dog, huh? Yeah. And, and he fucking uh, he found it. And I was like, well, how are you even going to smoke it? He was like, he's got a water bong too, motherfucker. He found his water Damn, bong and everything. Yeah. This one said water bong. Yeah. So we went under the trailer and fucking uh, in a the circle. Little, the little cross space area? Yep. And smoked out. And uh, that was it, bro. And then, so you, you know, so I was poor. I didn't have enough money to pay for it. So I wanted to, uh, I, I figured out and found out. Oh, if you sell it, you get what's called profit. Right. So when I first started selling it, I was just selling it to to smoke for to free. puff. Then next thing you know, you know that trailer park we lived in, it was uh, it's no joke. It has over like eight hundred and something trailers in it. Damn. It so a, it's a. It had a volleyball court. It had two swimming pools. It had a basketball court, a tennis court. It had a huge field we could play touch football in. So it's a straight up community. It was a community. It was huge. And so next thing I knew. Fuck, there's all these parents wanting fucking reefer. They want ounces. Shut up, dog. This, dude, this one dude wanted two ounces every Friday because I would Damn. sell you. I'd sell you two ounces for 150 because okay. I was getting them for two, two for 100, two for 120. Oh, okay. You know, and fucking, and that, just to do that, just to move weight, you know, because I, <laughs> I, I was getting three pounds for 1500. Damn. Bro, it was just. So uh, if you're getting rid of your ounces and shit, you know what I mean? That's fucking pretty good fucking margin. I was trying to get rid of them because I already. The kid, all the my friends my age and shit were buying all the quarters and half ounces and dimes and bullshit like that. That was pile up money. So the adults are the ones that were getting the big bags. Popping ounces, they knew, but you know, yeah, they knew. <laughs> Popping ounces. <laughs> and then fucking you and your homeboy Big Nate were selling joints in school in high school. No, he he didn't. Um, he moved. He actually moved up to that area first, but he moved to a place right before Hall, Hall County, uh, called Buford. Where actually the Mall of Georgia is built at now. Oh damn! So he was in a different school district by the time we got to high school. 
Okay. So we didn't go to high school together. You're already enterprising by yourself? Yeah, I, I went up there and uh, all the dudes in the trailer park, you know. Nate didn't move to the same trailer park. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I got busted, bro, and uh, they waited. This is how crooked they are. They waited until I turned 18. To actually formally to charge you? To back to court and convict me, yeah. Really? So they and can then, charge you as an adult? Yeah, yep, yep. And then, and then So what'd you get busted for? For intent to distribute, sell of marijuana, all that shit. And then So they added more multiple charges. It wasn't yeah. just like And then they, they, got you they for figured out they were in my house with no warrant. They um they took me out of handcuffs. They told me and my mom, they were like, We're gonna need you to just go ahead and sign some of this paperwork, all right? Go so they lied. They were like, Yeah, they were like, because I was freaking out and they were like, You're gonna be able to bond out, kid. Okay? Just chill out. All right, here. I'll tell you what. We'll let you out of the handcuffs, let you go ahead and sign some of the paperwork so it'll speed up your bonding process and all that and blah, 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 blah. They made it sound like they were doing me a favor. So I'm thinking they're doing me a favor, right? So I get a fucking uh, public pretender. Well, actually, I had I, try, I hired a real <laughs> lawyer at first, and the real lawyer tried to file for some fucking thing. Uh, I forget what it's called. It, you know, there's like motion to discovery where right. you file and they have to give you all the evidence. So they're going to use against you. Right? And so then he filed for something else which means that they didn't have a warrant. Well, ends up that fucking paperwork that I was signing that he said was going to speed me up through booking. You gave him consent. Was a consent to search for him. Now, you couldn't you I didn't know that. I you couldn't tell you couldn't tell him anything. You didn't bring that up, none of that stuff to the I prosecutor. I told my lawyer that. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, well, it's not on camera. It's, it's their word against yours now." Damn. And this is a uh, white cops doing this to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's another reason like it's hard for me to listen to a lot of shit that goes on because I got treated just like everybody else, man, big time. You I got get, seven years off that first fucking charge, and that's what I was gonna and get they into. They kept me on probation from the year two thousand to the year two thousand ten. And you had no, uh, you know, you had no white privilege. No white privilege, bro. I date, and you know, and anybody that knows anything about charges knows that fucking marijuana is a Schedule One narcotic, right? Federally, so I would get sent to prison for violating probation, prison work camps, all that shit. And then I was in there one time in a prison work camp. My fucking bunk mate, we're up late night drinking coffee, playing uh, spades in this game called Casino. You know what I'm saying? I forget how to play Casino. We're playing Tonk in Casino. Okay. And um, he he was like, uh, "What you in here for, white boy?" <laughs> And I told him about the, you know, selling weed and shit. and uh, <laughs> Selling weed and shit. And then uh, I was like, well, since you asked me, man, I usually don't ask people, but what you in here for? And he was like, ah, you know, man, I had these two. I was living with these two dudes, man. Kind of, you know, we was in a, we were kind of living there, but more trap house, you know. And he said, it's been about three days, man. He said, you know, I felt like they was hating on me, bro. They were, you know, I had all the money. I had all the bread. And he goes, uh, he goes, I heard them in there talking, dog. They was talk, talking about taking me out. They was talking about taking me out. He says, shit, I came home one night. They were passed out on the couch, man. Shit, I blew they motherfucking head smooth off. God damn, with a shotgun or what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, shit, bro. I was like, you know, I owe you them three soups, man. I'll get them to you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I owe this dude three soups over some cards. You know what Damn. I'm saying? Fuck that, bro. You don't want to blow I'm your head clean off. I was selling weed. I was like, See, I was 20 that's years old. What, that's what a lot of people don't understand how fucking, I mean, the whole country's moving to try to legalize it, make it a, a recreational drug. It's still federally a Schedule One drug. As of a month ago, they gave the ruling, can't unrule that or whatever the fuck. Um, but see, you being in there, for and how much, how much pot did you have, honestly? 
when well, they, oh, when they, they only found him. a half ounce. That's what I'm saying. You got busted with a half ounce in America, being a white young dude that was 17. With digital scales and baggies. That was, right? what, the, well, that I mean, was what the intent to distribute charge got stuck. That's how it stuck. It, that's, where it, that's what it hinged on, right? That's how, yeah, the digital scales and the baggies. Now, you get sent to prison after you're 18, get charged as an adult, you know, trickery. Not only do they fuck with you with the paperwork, they fuck with you with that. Yep. Now you're inside of a fucking cell with the fucking murderer. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? was 20, dude. I looked... That is uh, like a fucking child, like what? Fifteen, like the baby, like the baby little chicken from fucking. um, (laughs) Yeah, that's that was one of the things that actually saved me though in a lot of ways. Like it got me out of a lot of situations. Was they looked at me as a kid? They knew that you was like, dude, you're up here with the fucking big, great white sharks. Yeah, you're just a little guppy. Yeah, so this huge dude, Havis Harvey, I'll never forget him. Um, Hopefully he's still around. I heard he wasn't. Rest in peace if he's not. But um. He was this big ass black dude, man, six foot something. He looked like Bernie Mac in a lot of ways. You know what I'm Solid saying? Solid black, huge white, uh, huge white eyes and shit, man. And uh, he was the first to show me how to run store, and he was kind of like my muscle. Like if motherfuckers didn't pay me my two for one, he would go, he would go and get them for me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing I had to do was like fill him out like a twenty dollar store call. So what I would do is like, um, because he didn't have no money on his books. Okay. Was I would fucking I'd fill out like you know, $20 of my own shit, and the last $20, he would fill it out. And then, because in Hall County at the time, the max was $40 a week. And so then, it, then we would start getting my mom to put money on his books, 40 on his books, 40 on my books. we just get $40 worth of fucking chili soups and chicken soups on one thing, mm-hmm. and then fill out the other store call with, like, the cosmetics we wanted and shit, shampoo and soap and bullshit okay. like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you're using to because, survive. Well, no, because then, yeah, all the inmates, when they run out of soups and shit, they'd come and knock on our door and be like, hey, can I get uh, two for one? Or if you're smart, you'd get two for three back. Okay. You know, we did either one, but either way, you got to pay. So homeboy kind of took you under his wing, kind of your protector in yeah. essence. So then as I, you know, then as the years passed and the push-ups progressed and I got a little bit, you know, quicker and faster and older, I was able to just run store by myself in certain places, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And just uh and for the most part people don't fuck with you, man. They they're, you know, if you're cool about shit, like I would let motherfuckers just roll their own cigarettes. Most store guys have them already rolled and they're skimpers. I figured out that the rolling papers that come with that tobacco only let you roll it so big. You can't roll it no bigger than a real cigarette. Yeah, the little top cigarettes yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. They, or the bugler cuz they're, yeah. they're thick paper. Bugler, that's what we get. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, "Here, bro, roll your roll roll it up." Oh, for real, dog? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> so they would just come back. And Hell they yeah. didn't ever want to fuck with me or fuck me over because I didn't fuck them over. Right, I right. I was always good on my there was end. Also, uh, always good on a, your end, they'll be good on theirs. Yeah, dude, the you had part. a mutual understanding that you ain't fucking around over here. Yeah, yeah. And then they knew, man, as long as I was in the dorm and a motherfucker come through there with weed, they could just come and tell a white boy, hey, white boy, motherfucker ain't here with weed because they knew I was store and I would have the shit to give him. What do you want? What do you want? Oh, uh, for be, the pot be to quick change. Be like what you want for a Or in essence, choose the barter system as a yeah, you yeah. use in there. It was usually a good trade, like a quick trade, like a, a normal motherfucker would be like, just give me a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> normal. Or a bag of coffee. Okay. And either one, you know. And uh, how, so out of that seven-year sentence, and how was the trial? Was it pretty fucking fast, or did it take a it while? Was such bullshit. Really? Yeah, they stretch. I, I, actually, that first lawyer that we were paying, he would he was stretching it until the money ran out. And then I got a public pretender, and uh, he stretched it one time for me. And then he acted like, oh, there's no way you can get a a continuance, and da 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 And so, um, yeah, it was just real quick, man. The the cops came in. They lied. 
They actually, they had me. They sent a motherfucker <laughs> to my window or to my, my house. Yeah, they sent somebody to my house to buy weed. So Had a fucking whole dragnet going. Yeah. And like, I mean, how the fuck do you get a satisfaction out of busting a guy with a half ounce well, of fucking Because there was a manager pop. to that trailer park and he was a cocksucker. He hated me and all my friends. Oh, so he wanted that shit to go down? And I, and in a lot of ways, that's what we still believe, me and my mom and dad and everybody, like, we believe it was Butch. That uh, fucking set that, you out. That set me up, yeah. Damn, dude. In a lot of ways. And how was it a learning experience for you in there? I mean, obviously you go from fucking pretty much being in high school to fucking being inside. So many ways, bro. I wish everybody would go and do certain, just so they would shit right. You know how many people don't shit right, bro? And what are you? And you're talking about at least having etiquette at the fucking at the at bowl. The t- yeah, like I, you know, I, I, for you know, those of y'all don't know, I live in a van. All right? I chose <laughs> the to, van I, of I, life. I chose to take everything I own from Vegas back home to Georgia, sell my car, all my shit, leave everything I liked at my mom, sell everything else, bought this fucking van. It's got um, everything I need in it: bed, TV, microwave, and um, I did that because, you know, I can't afford the nine hundred dollars fucking rent. You know right. what I'm saying? So my rent is sixty to Marty every month, because uh, I host on Saturdays. If you don't host, then it's seventy. And then uh, the twenty nine ninety nine to the L A Fitness. So unfortunately, I have to shit in places like L A Fitness and Rouse, beside motherfuckers and other stalls. For some reason, all right. For some reason, grown men like to just shit their whole body out and not flush. They just I, I don't get that myself. I hear them over there just blah, 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 and then I'm thinking. Okay, the- flush it, <sighs> flush that shit away, you know, and they don't. And then next thing you know, you're over there gagging and shit. Oh, you know what it's I'm fucking it's disgusting, like, dude, dog. When, when I go, my my turds must look forward, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like a water park, <laughs> all right? As soon as the fucking turtle head pokes his head out, I'm on that fucking button, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> my shit hits a water slide every day. That keeps the smell down, everything. You guys wonder why you don't get head? It's because your girl went down there and your nutsack smelled like the three shits you took that day. <laughs> you know? You sat on them for 30 minutes. Some of them will sit in there for 30 minutes, bro. Oh, my God. Just sitting on there, marinating. Fuck that. And so what you're saying is, like, when you go in there. So in prison, like, yeah, they'll check be like, your ass they'll be like hey, it. motherfucker, what comes after a straight? You know, that's the old saying. Flush. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Like, they'll be like, hey, man, flush the fucking toilet. Because, yeah, there's no stalls. So the bathrooms are just over in a corner. If you're over there shitting your brains out and not flushing, everybody in the fucking prison is going to smell it. Damn, so it's that whole thing to keep the fucking so smell down. So behind being, you, you're just and hitting that button the whole time. Animalizing the fucking cell. And then you'll take that with you through life, though. So it's like, you you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just etiquette, bro. Just fucking flush it away, you know? Hell yeah, dude. And was it rough in there for motherfuckers that were fucking on some bullshit, though? Will they tune you up quick? Yeah, man, there's some motherfuckers in there that uh, you don't want no part of, bro. But, you know, you stay away from them motherfuckers. You don't get involved with none yeah. of that bullshit. Uh-uh. I only had I only had a couple problems, man. I had I had these two Mexicans try to jump me, um, and uh, what was that over? Uh, in Hall County, the county jail, the old jail, they had blocks, and um, they had even cells and odd cells, and they had one microwave in what was called the day room. That's where right. you'd go out. There was TVs, there was benches, and the phones and the showers. So you had all that. You did you know you had to do all that shit within an hour, right? So Damn. everybody would get their ramen noodles. And they'd put them in these plastic cups that you could buy off store call with water, and they'd swell all up. You'd put your powder in, you'd get it all ready, and then everybody'd be at the doors because they'd pop. They'd only let evens out 
Then then you go back in and they let odds out for an hour and you go back in. Damn, so motherfuckers be lined up business. at them doors. As soon as it pops, boom, it was a rush to the fucking microwave <laughs> to try to get your cup in it. We'd get like six to eight in the thing and then you line them up on the lid and it goes in order, you know? And we, you know, like I said, for the most part, man, people just want to do their time and get out of there. So oh, no hell problems, yeah. right? Well, my cup was in there and dude, uh, one of the Mexican kids took it and he stuck his thumb inside the cup like that to grab it. Didn't follow etiquette. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to take someone's cup out of the thing, On the you, outside. you do it like this. He stuck his thumb in my cup like this. And all I said was, hey, hey. I was like, hey, man, let me get my cup, bro. You got your thumb in it. And he goes, oh, I can't touch your cup because I'm a fucking Mexican. He just automatically wanted to start <laughs> shit. He went there. Right? He just went right there, you know? And I said, no, I don't want your fucking thumb in my cup. And he got this little weird look on his face. So I just threw the noodles right in his face, dog. You weren't having none of that Fuck shit. Fuck it, right? And then his little buddy jumped over and come sprinting at me. I dropped him, plop! And then fucking little buddy come tried to jump on my chest and shit. He jumped on my back, you know? He like, on my side kind of, you know? That little ended monkey up, Ended up crawl. on my back, yeah, around my neck. But the cops were already in there, and they fucking yanked him off of me and threw me on the ground and fucking, you know, I went to the hole for like <laughs> a day or some bullshit. And after that, that was squashed? Yeah, yeah. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they knew you weren't no punk and shit. Yeah, they actually, them, them, me and them Migos were cool as fuck after that. They, uh, <laughs> that motherfucker. A man drew, of principle. They drew on envelopes and shit. And fucking, uh, this is why, this is where I started, this is where I had my love for Mexicans was in jail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they drew on the envelopes and then they would take plastic spoons and sit them out and take the M&Ms and stick each different color in a plastic spoon. And after That's how they day, get their color, right? Yeah, yeah. And the color would just melt off that. The candy yeah, I've heard, color I've heard that just melt off. Oh, totally. And then they'll pluck the chocolate out and eat that shit and fucking take a, like, a Q-tip and fucking paint your envelope up for you and shit, bro. I'm talk Man, them motherfuckers are so smart. Take a fucking, uh, you give them your chip bags, you know, after and they, and they tear them open <coughs> and fold them inside out. The inside's metal, like, you know, shiny aluminum right. foil. And fucking make a you flower? a picture frame. Oh, a picture really? frame to put your fucking pictures in, bro. Oh, shit, fucking dude. Amigos, man, they know everything. Look, we got locked down one time. They took a comb, a black fucking comb. They took two uh, two paper clips, stuck the paper clips through the teeth, took one and kept them separated, though. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. And, and bent one side downwards and then fucking plugged that shit into the wall. All right. And then took a cup of water. Uh, like a little bit, put a little bit of water in a cup, and you take one of the potato chip bags. That's your heating your, rod? You put your noodles in the fucking, and water in the potato chip bag. And then, yeah, and you stick the fucking cup up under them, uh, up under them wires, and then you drop that noodle bag, and that, that water that's in the cup will start boiling. Really? Just and heat it'll your cook your up. noodles inside your fucking potato chip bag in your cell. You don't even have to go out and use the microwave. <laughs> they know all kinds of shit, bro. God damn, dude. Micro ingenuity, dude. Man, I was like, wow, bro. And how how long did you spend in there, dude? I don't I you know, I've added it up before. It in and out, in and out, you know, I doing nine months, probably three times, six months, three or four times, three months, four or five times. And that's just getting out, violating your parole and going back in? Yeah, I always went back for violation. And this is state prison? Weed. Um no, you would go back to county. Okay. But I always requested prison work camp. All right. Because it's uh it's just better in a state facility. They treat you better. They you get better food, you get um you get like fucking uh you know, you get you get to go out and work, you know, it just makes your time go by, bro. You sit in them counties and you rot. People who do oh, county I bet, time are, have it so bad. People think prison's bad. Prison ain't shit. I mean, there are some prisons that are horrible. 
They're right. max max prisons. There's prisons that you know when you're in there with motherfucker. When you have five to seven, when you have fucking a lot of time, like Uncle Joey had to do and shit like that, then yeah, that shit sucks. You know because your mind goes to a different place. You know what I'm saying? You're not sure if you're gonna make it through that whole. When you have to do a whole five in there, I always knew my release date. You know what I'm saying? There's a what difference. you went in there. Yeah, there's a difference when. You know, you don't when know it for out. the first month or two because you still ain't went to court and shit like that. You're waiting for your PO to sign a waiver and all this fucking <laughs> bullshit. Once, but you know, you only get tortured for thirty to sixty days. Then you go to like a um, uh, something hearing. I, I, I fuck, I ain't been through it. In parole so long. hearing, right? Yeah, parole hearing, and then um, they call it something different when you're only on probation. It's a uh, uh, revocation hearing. Okay, and um. And then you'll find out right then where your fucking when your release date is and all that shit. So, it, it, there's different levels, man. In your in your violations, what would they stem from? From just simply not pissing in a cup or not being yeah, home? Yeah, well, because I would um, be out on on the streets. I'd be following the rules, and then all of a sudden I'd smoke weed, and I'd get nervous about going to the next appointment, and I'd say fuck it, and I just wouldn't go. And then that was a parole violation. And then that's come a violation. Scoop and then you just, up and take you back. And you never know when. It, it was like three years one time, and then they finally caught me. <laughs> <laughs> and then were you just tired of running and, you know, just doing the whole song and dance routine, just yep. over it? Yep, turned myself in. By then, though, I only had 90 days left, <laughs> and I said, let me do it. Let's run that bitch. I said, I, I, if I do the whole 90, will I have any probation, nothing left? They were like, nothing. I said, let's do it. You'll be done. They was like, really? I was like, run it. Before somebody <laughs> changes their mind, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, look at Tommy Easter didn't trust the system for fuck a bit. No, I hate them motherfuckers. <laughs> That's why my whole Periscope today was dedicated to fuck the police. I call them the Blue Cancer. <laughs> the only cure for the Blue Cancer so is bad. we the people. Start shooting them motherfuckers. If you're black and the police pull you over, just blow their fucking head off with a shotgun <laughs> before they get yours. <laughs> yeah, man. I hate to say it. You know they took away my only defense. I used to be like, dude, if you just put your hands up. <laughs> well, guess what? That new guy had his goddamn hands up. Put his hands against his vehicle. The dude in the helicopter said, that looks like a bad guy. How do you know, fucko? Exactly, You're in a helicopter. How does he look like up. a bad guy when his hands are in the air? Then they tried to lie and say they tasered him. <sighs> you didn't taser him. The helicopter showed him get blown away. And that's the only crazy thing now that we see that shit on film. So it's like, you know... Their award against ours, but now there's something, you and know. And we're learning more about cops. You know what I've learned recently is that every cop gets trained to, you know, let's say you're right-handed, right? Right. So your lethal side would be your right hand, and your non-lethal side would be your left hand, where right. your taser is. And every cop's belt is built like is, is built like that. Their gun holster which is their lethal side, is on their hand that they're dominant, whatever hand they shoot with. And then their non-lethal side is to their left. So they know they can always pull that fucking left side. They oh, yeah. Always. That Especially too? for a man like that with his hands up, for one, oh, yeah. why didn't he just walk up to him and do the old-fashioned slam to the ground, knee in the back, handcuff him, throw him in the car, bro? You know what I'm saying? What happened to that? What happened yeah, to they had days? a helicopter on him like he was a fucking fugitive. What is the new? What is this new shooting people thing? They just, I can't understand The thing, it. this is what I believe it is. I think it's cops that want to go home and know they're going to go home, and it's either your ass over theirs, and just fear. I mean, just f straight up fear. And that's one of those touchy fucking subjects, you know what I mean? They can't I think it's that. I think that they need to start testing white cops for their fear of black people. <laughs> and for, for steroids. And, and <laughs> no, like, like they need to 
go through some type of – they need to put them through a – you know how they as football players have to do that – Conditioning? Um, that No, that wick test or whatever it's called. What's it called? That that something test. Skip Bayless used to always talk about it. He was like, I hold no merit to it or some bullshit like that. They have All to right. do some type of test, right? And um, I think they should fucking have – whoever put that together for the NFL should put together a test like that for police to see how they respond to minorities, people with different skin than them. Black people, Mexican people, any, any, there's no fucking excuse for it. I've never been so scared of a black person. I wanted to shoot him. Oh yeah, man, it's a trip. You know trip. what I'm saying? I but, think um, it's just them type of cops. Right? Yeah, because that's a that's every, a big no no that's every, a big part to know? do with it. And when they shoot, they shoot to kill. They're aiming at your head and they're aiming at your so chest. I think it's a type not of aiming cop. at your ankle. I think they're scared of black people. No, no, that's a, that's a, that's an enormous fear factor right you there. Know? I mean, whether you want to say that or not, and um, so um. So you're done with that shit. So in the meantime, you were working uh, back and forth doing tile and shit for yeah. your homie doing yeah, that Chili's thing. The whole time I was from 2000 to 2010 while I'm on probation, not even being supposed to leave the state, bro. Damn. That's another thing. Hold that. You know, they got so many rules. This is how fucked up the system is. They'll they'll suspend your license. Right. Because you got a marijuana charge and they consider that a drug charge. And they say we're suspending your license until you do a DUI school and a drug ch- class and prove that you're um responsible enough to have your license back right Damn. so once they do that guess what they suspend your license now you got a dui school and a drug class you have to go to top it off you got community service to top that off you got a once a month fucking probation visit you got to go do tying your ass down all with your fucking license suspended hello i don't know do if that? people are familiar with georgia but they don't have a goddamn fucking bus system and route system <laughs> like LA and other places like that. There's Public places in Georgia where like your driveway walks to the end of your driveway and there's a road and guess where that road goes? Fucking guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it takes a long time to walk out of some neighborhoods in Georgia just to even if there was a bus stop outside your neighborhood. There's some neighborhoods it takes a good 30 minutes to walk out them big ass neighborhoods. Damn. Georgia's huge, bro. Oh, so it's enormous, they dude. They put no thought into shit like that. Oh, all that is fucked years, up. All them years I'm riding around with no license. You know, I'm 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 leaving the state to do the tile to earn the money to pay this cocksucker probation officer so they don't throw me in jail. You know, and 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 if at any time if they found out I was in Florida doing a Chili's or North Carolina or Baltimore doing a Chili's, could wrap you up. They could have fucking violated me just like that. So you uh, so fast forward. So you're in Vegas. Yep. And you're fucking watching that Doug Loves Movies podcast, and you see Coco on there. And now, and so I start following him. <laughs> and uh, I, I emailed him and said, how in the fuck did you become a comedian as a felon? You know? <laughs> and uh, I said, how do I? No, I, I, I said, basically, I asked him also, how do I become one? And he said, just hit the open mics, cocksucker. <laughs> Question answer. So because, you know, in his earlier episodes, he would talk about, uh, I woke up this Sunday, I answered 40, 50 emails, you know. And uh, so I, I catch on to shit. I'm smarter than I put off. You know? <laughs> Hell so yeah. I thought, oh, he's only getting 40, 50 emails. He's answering them all. Fuck, I'm going to email him. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, he answers them on Sunday? I'll email him on like a Friday or Saturday. <laughs> Hello? And sure enough, man, he's responding to me. Doing your homework, dog. So fucking um, next thing I know, um, I'll be in Vegas, cocksuckers, at the South Point Casino. Well, I'd already done the dirty at 1230. I got lucky and unlucky doing that show. Like, I... Four months into comedy, I do the dirty at twelve thirty. Lucky. But, and how'd it go? But I, uh, it went media. It was like so, yeah, it went pretty good, but it was the first time I'd done the Uncle Worm story, and okay. I didn't even have an ending to it. <laughs> you know, they liked it pretty good, but you weren't going anywhere with it. I fucking yeah. So um, 
I started out real strong with my just regular jokes, and then <laughs> I kind of it kind of fizzled you know. out. Yeah, yeah, but you know, hey, for four months, right? But fuck then, it, dude, you gotta start somewhere. And you gotta keep plugging away, yeah. man. So I'm like, all right, fuck yeah. So I bought tickets to Uncle Joey, and I wait after the show, and I walk up, and I see Lee, and I say. And I was like, Lee Syed, it's Tommy Easter. And hey, I was buddy. like, it's Thomas Easter. And Lee's face lit up. He goes, Tommy Easter. And then when he said that, Joey goes, Tommy Easter. And my fucking world lit up. Because I was <laughs> like, the last thing I expected was him to actually, you know, recognize yeah, me. Yeah, totally. And he was like, what's up, kids? You fucking, I, I'll get your emails. Like, Joey just, you know, started he's such snapping a fucking great person. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just started letting me know, you know, that he's keeping up with me, basically. And Appreciating my and all the yeah. fucking uh, back and forth and, and I, shit. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. So fucking, um. So then, uh, next thing you know, um, I, I'm listening to like episode with Ari, uh, one of the episodes earlier ones where Ari Shafir called in. Okay. And he's like, uh, you know, I got this kid Tommy Easter out in Las Vegas, and he fucking talked about me, and I fucking my fucking head exploded. You know oh, what I'm saying? Fuck like, yeah, that's I, awesome, I had dude. it saved. I'm sh- I'm listening. I'm letting everybody at the open mics <laughs> here in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Wearing them out with it. Right? Yeah, I was like, listen, he said my name right here, right here, right here. You know, and. uh and fucking uh, so then fast forward to like another probably eight months later, you know, um, he's back doing another show. You're right. And um, so I was like uh, this time I knew he was doing like a uh, what was it? A, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. OK. So I was like, I'm going to go right in the middle. I'm going to go on a Friday that way. Um, or maybe he did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think he did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was like, I'm going to go right in the middle and then take him a fat bud because I know it was on the second day he'll, he'll need some more weed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I go to South Point. I see him again. I wait after the show. I palm him a bud. You know, his eyes light up. And I was like, Uncle Joey, I said, I'm going home and get, and, and get in a van. I said, I'm coming back to Cali. <laughs> and, and he goes, you do me a favor then. You hit me up when you get to Cali, cocksucker. And I just thought, you know, fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't never think it would be it would turn into what it has. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I go home and um it took a while, man. I sat at home for fucking six or seven months, bro. It was groove it was grueling. Pro- I probably got on stage maybe a total of fifteen times in that six or seven and months. And this is back in Georgia, right? Yeah. And and I was used to getting up every single night in Vegas, winning money, just in a and, and I it was it was so hard to be in Georgia and not get up every night. Because you can get up every night. But my mom lives way out in fucking, you know, past Six Flags. The boonies. God damn, she lives far. She lives on one of them exits. Like I said, it takes 20, 30 minutes to get from her house to the expressway. Damn. Then you got to drive another 45 minutes to, to go, go do five minutes. To go do five minutes. Because all them prestigious mics in Atlanta, man, fuck them. Them dudes in Atlanta been grinding it for years, too. They're, they're booked. Oh, they're hell booked yeah. Up. It took me fucking four months to get into Laughing Skull's open mic. You know, Damn. that's the thing about Atlanta. They got open mics, but they're booked. They're called booked open mics. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a so, show. What the fuck? <laughs> got to put open mic right? in this. So, like, I finally, I find this van. I fucking buy it. And I come straight to fucking, I go back to Vegas because I know Vegas. And I knew that I could get up every single night and get my stage legs back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Start winning money and shit, you know. And uh, by then, I was already in good with this dude named Jack Slammy. Who you know Jack Slammy, right? No, I don't, dude. You don't know Jack Slammy? No, I dude, don't. Slammy doesn't get enough credit. Jack Slammy is a fucking one of the best dudes in Vegas for like he books so many shows. He gives so many young comics a chance. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like he he put me on a show off the rip and like gave me that fucking um you know, it gives you that that butterfly, you know, them butterflies all week. That fucking oh shit, you know, it gives you the balls. You know what I'm saying? Like 
I could have. That burning desire. Said, yeah, I could have easily said fuck that and backed out of that show. You oh know? yeah. But I did it. You know, Lucy's Lounge on a Wednesday. It was the first show I'd ever done. First book show I'd ever done. Jack Slammy. You know what I'm so saying? So you get your legs fucking back. Great dude. Yeah, he'll book you. I'll I'll, I'll give you sh- Slammy's information. He'll fucking definitely. Uh, pay you to come to Vegas. He does like adrenaline. He does good ass shows. Bro. Hell yeah, dude. And um, so you do that. You get your legs back, and then you come out to LA. Yep. And fucking um, I hit Joey up, and he was like, uh, "Meet me at the comedy store." Like through <laughs> through instant like through instant message. Right, right, right. And um, man, I meet him at the comedy store, and I couldn't fucking believe it. He took me right in, introduced me to Eric and Adam, and said, "This is Tommy Easter. He gonna take a shower in the back." He's family. So I fucking took a shower in the back and fucking Friar's fucking dressing room and fucking got ready and, you know, and uh, and he was just like, keep in touch with me, kid. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. You know? Because I remember telling Coco, I'm like, hey, dude, I met that dude, uh, uh, Tommy Easter over there at fucking Vegas. He's coming out. He's all, yeah, bro. Tommy Easter, that's one of those white dudes, bro. You give him $14 and he'll stab a motherfucker. For <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was way before dude. what happened you know what happened. He already knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the thing about um, Coco. He has, like, good instinct. And you can tell with you, dude, like, the way that you, you are. Because you know how you run into so many people, and so many people are full of shit. So many people yeah. are, say they're about stuff. But they're just moving their fucking flapping their jaws. You know what I mean? It's all yep. fucking hot air. But you can kind of see motherfuckers got that little twinkle in their eye and shit that they're for real and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, those type of motherfuckers that just come around when there's weed and shit, but never have shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny, too, because, I mean, shit, you come out here, you know, you notice how how rougher L.A. was in Vegas? Yeah. You know what I mean? How the streets are colder out here? Oh, there's no mo- winning money at these mics. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pay. flooded with money. You mother- pay $5 a night to get on the Yeah, and that's what a lot of people, you know, if you want to start out comedy, you can in uh, L.A., but, I mean, unless you know people, you will be paying to do stage time. It's just pay to play. I mean, whatever it is you want to say. Yeah, well, to get that's, your fucking, uh, you know, I you credit, know, boots I also wet. credit my basketball history. My my whole life, I've had a love for basketball, and um, kind of how Joey, um, and uh, puts jujitsu in through his comedy. I guess right. a lot of ways. Like um, my final decision to come to Vegas was in a basketball frame of mind. I was like, you know, comedy is kind of like he um, got these, game. These stages are like <laughs> basketball courts, okay? And I was like. I'm one of the best players out here in Vegas right now at these basketball courts. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and, and, but I know there's better players out in LA, right? The comedy store is like the fucking Staples Center. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, in order, so my, my point of view was in order for me, uh, all the, all the comics and players in LA were on this level. So, in order for me to get to that level, I needed to be around people that were on that level. Yeah, because you have to know, you know how to compete saying? with those strong motherfuckers. I got to come out here and watch them. Fuck yeah, and 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 see them. Yeah, so and mingle. And fuck yeah, you gotta be you gotta be in the mix. So yeah. just fast forward real quick. So you know, <laughs> you know, got the van of life. It's out here, and then you know, I credit you with you know the choke of life because <laughs> some shit went down at the comedy store, yeah. and a lot of people are saying you know said because you know remember all the bullshit we were here at Marty's. Yeah. Oh, you're just fucking. You know, you shouldn't have you done that. Yourself. You're ruining your career. Yeah. But see what you did that night. You know, we don't even have to mention the con- the comedian you snatched up. Yeah. Um, he was going to take a swing on Coco. He was going to try to be a little bitch-ass motherfucker. Yep. And what happened is you caught his ass. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and you know who the fuck knows? Maybe he would have missed. 
But what you did was out of love for Coco. Exactly. You know, it wasn't trying to be fucking famous with all these fucking dudes in the open mic scene, Fuck trying to get no. your name out. The whole thing is like, wait a minute, this fool's getting stupid. It was a straight move. Yeah, yeah, straight in mid, and you caught him in mid move. Oh yeah, because you came out of nowhere. It's like fucking Tommy Easton came out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he didn't know what was up. And what's funny too, he didn't even know what was up, and he's all, yeah, he sent this thug after me, some UFC fighter. <laughs> He'd be like, that sent a cable. It wasn't really him. Rogan sent him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so it was all like, it was almost made for TV movie what you did, the move that you pulled. That dude. was awesome. Yeah. But that's what's up. And that's what, like, um, the camaraderie that you get out of stand up and you get out of certain ones, you know, the dudes that become your friends is that you have love for somebody. And when shit goes down, not only are you ready, but you got his back. And that oh, yeah. night, you had his back. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yep. So, um, Yep. Yeah, dude, and then, you know it's your whole background from you know growing up and all that, and you know fucking your 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 struggle in life to fucking want to do stand up, and then to come out here with the fucking with the big dogs in L.A. dogs, either L.A. or New York, you know yeah. what I mean? And then yeah. you know you're fucking you're cutting your teeth in Vegas, and then you go back to fucking Atlanta, and then you see how rough it is, and you want to make your ass out this way, out west, to yep. manifest destiny of comedy. You know what I mean? And fucking you do it, and then you're fucking you know. One of the fucking biggest dudes and one of the realest, coolest motherfuckers, dog, Thanks, on the Roger. planet. That means a fucking, lot. Fucking uh, brings you in and says, you know what I mean? And then you pull another another little solid for you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. And, then, yeah. and it's funny because, you know, when we were chilling, talking, and all these comedians were saying shit, oh, yeah, unless she takes you on the road, it's going to be worth it. Just like, and you're, it's not like you're looking for something out of it. You're just like, dude, fucking homeboy tried to fucking rack up on my fucking sensei. Yeah. And I snatched and him, And he bro. got fucked up, right? <laughs> That's all I was saying. I, I seen it coming. When I knew they had Joey as much as they had Joey, I thought to myself, as soon as I seen that he had two people on his both arms, I thought to myself, what's this fucker doing? Oh, hell that's yeah. That's immediately because that's street knowledge, bro. Oh, you fuck gotta yeah. Know. That's instant. And as soon as I went to look for him, he was already trying to come past me. <laughs> and I said, Yuke. I was like, <laughs> Yuke. I was like, get your fat ass back. <laughs> hell yeah, dog. <laughs> well, dude, fucking, um, thank you very much for doing this. But my question is, um, we'll do it again. Thank you for We're just scratching yeah. the surface right now. Uh, where can people get a hold of you besides your pair of smoke every day at 420? Um, I'm on Facebook as. As Thomas Easter, um, <laughs> we'll even, Thomas though, Easter. even though Uncle Joey calls me Tommy Easter, right, 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 uh, and, and that's uh, Thomas with an O or an H, T H O M A S. Okay. Yep, and I put in parentheses Tommy Easter. I don't All know right if that on. matters now. And um, on on Instagram, um, Mister Easter, and okay. um, on Twitter, um, at A T L E N. That's uh, capital A T L, lowercase I E N eighty. Fuck yeah, dude. A-T-L-E and A-D. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much, fool. Keep shining. Thank you thank very you, much bro. for doing this. And fucking uh, let me get a little yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Easter. All right, Playboy. All right, thank brother. you so much. Thank you, bro. Fuck yeah, dog. Hell yeah. You're the shit, fool. All right.